Yo, what's up, everybody? How are you guys doing today? You are listening to. Could you please rewind that with your host, Darius B? And yeah, today we got a very special episode. It's very dear and near to me. Why you may ask? Because I'm a huge fashion head. Now, let's preface this. So, this movie is obviously over, I want to say, 15 years old, at least. I remember when this movie came out, I was a wee lad. Didn't know much about fashion on that level. Like the whole couteau fashion in French means high fashion. Wasn't too familiar with that. I know like where whole couteau comes from now. It actually comes from an English guy uh, who created that phrase when he started his own clothing brand. In the, I want to say early 1800s, late 1700s, but I can bring up uh, what that means. But it's interesting. This movie really brought things into perspective from what I've been looking at. Uh, uh, hold on. What I've been looking at lately. So hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode. Because I am going to have a lot of fun talking about uh, this product. Oh, so basically the guy who coined that frame, which is an Englishman by the name of Frederick Worth. Okay. So he's the one that coined that frame in the mid-19th century. So I was, yeah, I was right. 1800s. So, hey, I study. I, I really do this, y'all. But... It was interesting to see this movie when I was a kid. I heard about it, didn't know what it was. I thought it was a horror film, actually, because it had the devil in it. And if you guys look at the cover of the movie, you'll see, like, a heel and then, like, a devil's pitchfork as the heel. So that's why I thought it was a horror film. But now, since I've... I think it was that one class I had in my third or fourth year talking and he explained how movies actually do the graphics for the films, meaning like like the title page, if you will. I don't think it's called a title page, but the posters that you see in the theaters, you can tell what movie you're going to see based off of the posters because they all do the same thing so you automatically know what type of movie it is whether it's a thriller or drama whether it's a rom-com you'll you'll get it um i can't explain it well enough right now i'd have to go back to my notes and i can explain it in another upcoming episode or even if i have a guest on there we can do that but before we get into the episode I know I've been rambling on for three minutes, but hang on in there. We're going to get right into it. Just make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you so choose to use. We're over on 12 now. And of course, yes, of course, hit me up, underscore Diesel Suave Kid, in my DMs, of course. Uh, if you want to chop it up, if you want to ta- talk about stuff, if you even have suggestions of what I should watch, I'm letting you guys know now there's certain things that you guys could ask of me to watch i'm not watching it nor will i discuss but it doesn't hurt to ask 
or to share your ideas with me. I'm not going to shoot it down and say you're an idiot, but I'm just not. If it's a movie that I know that I'm not going to be entertained by, then I'm probably not going to oblige by your uh, recommendation. But needless to say, you could do that. Also, check out my food page, Some Suave Food on IG. And of course, the fashion aspect of me, DD, because these three represent me. Fashion, food, and entertainment. Actually, there's more. But those are these are the three that I talk about the most with the addition of sports as well. But those things, you can see that it can represent me as an individual. So, of course, we're going to be talking about that. But on my YouTube page, YouTube channel, we call it Suave Kid TV. That's where you can get all your information regarding fashion. I cover women's fashion and men's fashion as well. I like. And with that said, oh, just to get into it, since we were already talking about the show um, or the channel, what I will say is that some of it is how to style, and then other parts of it is basically commentary on certain subject matter in fashion. So those are primarily it. I might even start doing like Reddit pages or like basically a review. I also do reviews as well. I also do reviews as well. So like reviews, commentary, uh, might might do Reddit stuff in the future, depending. Uh, and I do like roasts sometimes. And then of course, uh, how to style and pickups. So we do a bunch of different things, but it's all about fashion. All right. So with that said, this has been your boy, Darius D. And we're going to segue in to the main event. The whole point while you're here. Devil Wears Prada. All right. Hopefully you guys are still here vibing with the kid. All right. So whatever you guys are doing, hopefully you guys are being productive. You can listen to this while doing other things. And I'll try my very best to be as entertaining as possible because that's what I do. I'm like The Rock. I'm like Elvis. I'm like Tupac. I'm like Bobby B. <laughs> we entertain on this. I was like, here we go. So Devil Wears Prada, all right? So pretty much what I want to talk about first is the brand Prada, okay? I'm not a huge fan of Prada, and there's no main idea or reason why I don't. I just, I like their stuff. I would wear their stuff. I heard that they they make good looking shoes. However, what I find is is that when it comes to designer shoes, with the exception of Balenciaga, most of the shoes aren't that comfortable. Now you may hear from other people that hey, it is comfortable. Darius, what are you talking about? You don't make that sense, no man. But at the end of the day, trust me. What I'm hearing from most people is designer shoes. No, if you want good designer looking shoes for fraction of the cost because most of these shoes like if you look at Prada at their website or on essence which is a second hand I don't want to say second hand but it's like a third party vendor that sells designer clothes and it's based out of Montreal Canada which is awesome because when I buy off of them is like one week shipping, which is blessed, even less than that. Sometimes it's even three days. But um, 
I would recommend Yeezy or any of um, Jerry Lorenzo's stuff. And even like collabs with uh, other sportswear brands like Nike does with Sakai, the people over at Sakai. Um, I think who's a creative director at Sakai? Uh, let, me, let me see this right quick. So, yeah, it's Chitus Abe. Hopefully, I pronounced her name properly. I don't really speak Japanese. Um, but that is it. And she started the label back in 99. But that's just an example. So, Prada, basically, as you guys may know, but if you don't know, you're about to know. Uh, it's an uh, Italian luxury fashion house that was founded in 1913 by Marco uh, Mar Mario Prada, sorry, and it specializes in leather handbags, travel accessories, shoe ready to wear, and perfumes. So most of you guys know about Prada, or heard of Prada, or seen somebody wear before. If you're really into fashion, you know. But most of you guys will see that they're pieces that you like are probably branded not some of the stuff that aren't branded if that makes a lot of sense but to be quite fair with you most people don't know what different designers make without branding okay if you're not really into fashion if you're really in depth with fashion you can even tell by like cuts patterns just how things look and you can tell the year. But that's just like a guy who's really into a car or a girl who's really into cars or something, or a guy who knows a lot about pro wrestling. The more you invest your time in, the more you can decipher what is which. So his headquarters is based out in Milan. So I just want to give you a background into product because a lot of people watch the movie and don't even know much about it. Not that Prada matters, but it's in the title, so I wanted to give a quick synopsis on that. So going onward. So opening scene, okay, we got a generic uh, 2000s sequence, okay? So you basically the, oh my gosh, I'm late for work type of thing, or I'm getting ready for work, except that because they're going to focus on Anne Hathaway's character, they're going to show the basically the dichotomy between how she gets ready versus the people who actually love fashion who gets ready. So you'll see that in the opening sequence. And I think that basically sets the tone of what this movie will entail. And you'll see the personal personal development of Anne Hathaway's character. You will see that. And her character that she plays is Andrea. Okay. And her counterpart which is slightly like a mentor, slightly like a antagonist. Miranda, is, who is her boss, played by the wonderful Meryl Streep, who actually is one of my favorite actresses because she bodies her roles, bro. Like, there's no way <laughs> you can tell me she's trash. But most people would never even say that. You might disagree with her politics, but when it comes to this acting stuff, she's unmatched. So her character is not based off of Anna Winter, who is chief executive, uh, no, chief and editor of Vogue today. So all your Vogue magazines that you write, she is chief and editor. So Anna Winter is known for being kind of snobbish and mean when it comes to fashion. 
let's just say her character in the show or in the movie talking about Meryl Streep character characters Miranda she's reminiscent of her but it's not based on her okay so don't if you guys know who Anna Wintour is then you would know that or get the reference but if you don't know after you watch the movie I want you to watch the movie first and then I want to want you guys to watch like an interview with Anna Wintour on YouTube and you can understand why I made that claim. So what this film is good at is it's good at talking about elitism in fashion industry and how the press, so all these different magazines or fashion magazines and fashion outlets are able or the main reason why certain brands are hot and certain brands are not. So we have to understand when it comes to fashion, right? It's not always about what you know, it's about who you know, all right? It depends on who you know. And that goes with the art world as well, because if no critic wants to critique your art, if no collector wants to collect it, if no dealer wants to deal it, if no gallery wants to have it in their house, then it's not going to go well with you as an artist. So the same thing will apply with this stuff. It takes a conglomerate. It's not just about genius. It takes a bunch of people, a collective, in order to get the product to the masses. So that's what I've found to be interesting about this one is because it shows, yeah, although she has the genius, she needs so many people around her in order to make it work. And with her nod of approval, it actually helps and makes and breaks different collections for each designer. And this actually is really true in the fashion world today. You can see it. Certain people have to get co-signed by other designers in order for their work to be admired or even taken seriously. I know Kanye, as an artist, struggled a lot because... Some people just looked at him as a rapper or producer, but now because he got co-signed, he got co-signed by Kim Jones. He got co-signed by Mark Jacobs as an actual designer, um, and whoever was the head of Louis Vuitton at the time when he made those shoes. Now people look at him and they can truly say like, "Yo, this kid knows what he's doing." But it takes some time because there's a lot of gatekeeping, just like in anything. There's a lot of gatekeeping in fashion and it's hard in fashion because there's a lot of snobs and there's a lot of gatekeepers that won't let artists who have the talent shine because they have to go do it through a way, a certain way. It can't be unorthodox. It can't be outside the box. It can't be these type of things because it's just going to bother them. It's just going to annoy them. And they want it to go through one way and it has to be their way because if it's not their way, it's not good. Now, that's obviously not true in the sense that it doesn't have to be their way to be good. But you know how it is when it comes to people who hold the benchmark or hold the standard or make up the standard of their own selves to keep other people down. And it's unfortunate and it's truly sad, and it's frustrating. But mainly, this is not 
about the whole point of the movie. Essentially, as you watch the movie, if you have not seen it before, but if you have seen it and you want to rewatch it because it's been so long since you watched it, one thing that I found is that the people in like the staff of, in um, Runway Magazine treats Anne Hathaway's character, Andrea, pretty poorly at the beginning. And I felt bad for her character because like, I know what it felt like to be out of place or to be ragged on at one point. I obviously stood up for myself, but I know what it feels like to be amongst people. And I've seen other people do it to um, others who didn't necessarily fit the mold in a certain space or a certain industry. And it is sad. And what is funny to me is that when it comes to this movie, Andrea doesn't even have a clue about what Miranda, who Miranda is. She's not invested in that fashion world. She's ignorant of the culture and the standard in Runaway. And she is almost in a sense is pushed towards to assimilate, right? And they make fun of her clothing and all these different things that took place in the movie. Now ask yourself this question, who is in the wrong here? Now that I brought you up to speed, who is in the wrong? Is it Andrea or is it Miranda and the staff? How would you feel if you were Andrea? Would you feel as though you're being wronged, you're being ridiculed for no reason, under no merit? Or would you argue that Miranda is right? So you're going to think about it as we go through this, as we go forth. But to be quite frank with you guys, the answer is not what you think it is. So... As the movie goes on, because I'm not going to explain the movie in its entirety because I want you guys to watch certain things, but I'm just going to highlight the important parts of the movie. One thing that stuck out to me is that a lot of movies, a lot of things that we hold dear to our hearts, and a lot of it comes from hobbies. A lot of it comes from what you like to do. All these different things, your passions, passions that you have, all these sort of things come into play. But one thing that is integral about this movie is that it does highlight that most industries are not important to other people who are not in that industry. So if you are not involved in the car industry, you're not going to care too much about cars. Does that make cars less important than anything else? I would argue no. But... It has no relevance to you. You have no dogs in the game, in a figure of speech, should I say. Because now that if you really believe in something and you really have passion towards something, you're going to put your all into it. You're going to actually go forth and learn and study and hone your crafts and skills and learn about people who came before you and learn about all the different techniques and technical styles that you would have to obtain in order to be successful in said industry. However, if you're not a part of that, you, therefore, you will not care. The reason B is because it has nothing to prompt you to care.
and that's one thing that one of the characters, I believe it's Joel, in this film ends up talking to Andrea about. And that's the key point in the film. This is like the pivotal point which changes Andrea's frame of mind. And you can see her character arc slightly change now. Because now, at this point, you're going to see Miranda become more human or humane. And you're gonna be, and you're going to see Andrea become more like how Miranda was. The reason why I brought that up is because, as I asked that question earlier to you guys, they're both snobs. Okay, because Andrea is a snob because her father wanted her to be a lawyer. She was got into Stanford for law, which is a prestigious accolade to obtain. But she ended up dropping and went going to Northwestern to study journalism, to be a journalist. Her father wasn't pleased like that. When she made that decision, of course, like most parents would not want your kid to drop, quote unquote, a good situation for a less favorable situation. That's all up to you to determine whether she made the right choice with that. But because I personally don't, I view success differently than other people, but that's neither here nor there. But going back to the film, so she's snobbish because she's not trying to actually learn about the industry that she's working in at the moment. And she kind of makes people's work seem insignificant in a sense, saying that it's just fashion, it's just this, it's just that. But she's not even trying. And that's one thing. They're both the snobs. That's the point of the movie. They're both entitled in a in a way where it seems like, oh, Miranda's a snob because she keeps ragging on her for her stuff. But it's not the case. It's never the case. What the case is, is that Andrea doesn't care enough and Miranda might have cared too much. But Miranda has passion for this. Andrea doesn't. But Andrea belittles her field and her craft, even though she hired her. Knowing that you have to come into runway is about fashion and all that stuff. And she didn't try at all because she thought it was pointless. It was dumb. It's meaningless. And that's one thing that people do when it comes to fashion. And it's hard because I there's a basically a dichotomy for me when it comes to fashion because there's so many gatekeepers, so many people in fashion who try to hold the standard of fashion and tell people what they can and cannot do and try to move the goalposts each time because they don't want a certain type of person in it to be in when all they have to do is just co-sign somebody one time. But before I go on a tangent, then there's the other side of people who think fashion is stupid and pointless. Like, for example, like a guy who's into fashion, a lot of times people think that they have to be feminine to be into fashion, right? And that's never been the case or never should have been the case because a lot of fashion creators are guys right a lot of fashion directors are guys a lot of people in the past who were 
seamstress or tailors were men. But if you start talking about high fashion a little bit too much instead of just streetwear, people look at you sideways. And sometimes that happens to me as a guy who was getting, who got into fashion at a very young age, because I always thought dressing is important. And one thing that I know for a fact is that it's illegal to be outside naked. And what that means is that you have to wear clothes, okay? You have to wear clothes because it's mandatory. If you don't, it's called indecent exposure. And you can go to jail for that ever since the fall of Adam and Eve. So we have to have clothes. Now, I'm not saying it has to be designer. I never preach that either. I think designer is good for what it is quality-wise, but at the same time, it's still just as detrimental to the environment just as fast fashion is. It's just fast fashion is a little bit more detrimental but the regular fashion industry is not that much better or traditional fashion if you will but when i think about it i'm looking at both sides and people just look at fashion as some nonsense even though it's the second most a second worst polluter after oil how is fashion not important when a few of the top billionaires in the world, I think two of them, Bernard Alno from LVMH and the owner, I think Artegio, if I pronounce his name properly, or Ortega or something. Yeah, Ortega, sorry, Armando Ortega. He is the CEO and founder of Zara. These guys, a lot of the top billionaires are fashion people who work in this industry, whether they be CEOs or directors. They own these conglomerates and they're the most wealthy people in the planet today. Fashion has always been around and will never go anywhere unless we get into an apocalypse. Then I don't think people are going to care about what shoes they got on. But for the most part, fashion is important. So that's why I have this dichotomy because the fashion world can be a little bit uncanny. But people also look down on fashion as pointless and it doesn't make any sense so that's why in the movie miranda talks about trickle down fashion so there's trickle to side trickle up trickle down so trickle up is basically like the fashion that isn't considered high fashion so your low fashions which these words if you allow it to have more meaning than what it is it can be demeaning but Basically, what it means is like street culture. Sometimes it goes up, it trickles up to high fashion. Sometimes high track, most more often than not, is high fashion trickles down into the different department stores. She was explaining and going 
from the department stores to like thrift stores until everybody's able to wear what people are wearing from the top. So the style influence from the top, it can go the other way from the street where you're seeing a lot more of that now with uh, like Supreme and all those brands like Supreme, streetwear brands like Supreme going up and collaborating with the high-end fashion and then high-end fashion like Balenciaga borrowing from street fashion as well or workwear or thrift or vintage. So you can see how all these things come to be, which shows you. And I think the whole point of Miranda's um, soliloquy that she said in this scene is that fashion is more important than you think and it has more of an influence on your life than you ever thought it would have otherwise so i find that to be the most important scene in the movie because it explains the dichotomy of black of fashion between people who don't care about it and people who do and how both of them are snobs at the same time. One thing is one character that I thought was cool. I think Brittany, how like she was always getting belittled by her, by Miranda, even though Miranda, like she kept like belittling her all the time yet she stayed because she just loves it so much. So sometimes when it comes to your passions, no matter what the circumstance may be, if you actually have a drive for it, you're willing to stay longer than you think you are. So that's one thing that I liked about that part because it showed the resilience of Brittany in the film because of the fact that she was able to withstand all that nonsense that Miranda put her through just so that she can be in the fashion industry at a high level. So the question is, is will you be willing to put through, put up with that for your own life, for your own dreams, for your own goals? So these are things that I had to rewind and play in my mind once again. And it shows the negative aspect of the fashion industry when it comes to eating. Because a lot of these women don't get to eat properly as often as they should because they wanted them skinny. This is like right after the anorexic chic movement in the 90s. So a lot of people like that look. So mind you, runway models and commercial models are different. So they have to have a certain type of look for runway models. And usually they're slender because of the fact that these designers want like a a base look or a out of this world look where a certain type of person is able to fit in it. So that's why they're so small. And also most of them are sample sizes, so they can't go too big because is gonna cost more money as well. So there's so many reasons why it is like that. So it's unfair for people who don't fit that standard. But at the same time, I look at it this way as a guy who's bigger. Talk, I'm like 6'6", six, six, bro, over 230. So like, 
there's certain brands or certain styles that I can't wear. So I can't blame the designer or the person or the trend that is going on at the time because that's just not for me, bruh. There's certain things that I could wear that's better. Like, for example, for shorter guys, they don't look good when it comes to cropped pants. But taller guys such as myself, we look better. But there's certain things that short guys can do, which I'm pretty sure if they were to wear, um, or skinny guys, for example. Skinny guys look better in oversized than guys like me. Uh, Shorter guys who are stocky look better in tight fitting clothes than a guy who is a little bit bigger, like in fat. So like it all depends on that stuff. And um, later on in the film, you'll see, yeah, that's just a little tangent. Sorry about that. But I found out to be important to the film because a lot of people get into this whole body positivity movement, which is not necessarily a bad thing at face, but it can get pretty bad when you disregard health and just say anybody looks good just because they're big. That doesn't make any sense, bro. Use your head. If you can't even bathe yourself and you have to sit in bed because you're bedridden because you're 600 pounds, that's not anything to glorify yourself with because you wouldn't do the same thing for a guy who's strung out on crack. And you're saying, why am I making that comparison? It's because both aren't healthy. So why is one glorified and why is the other not? Same with bodybuilding. I like bodybuilding as far as, like, the sport. But I know that's not healthy, bro. No one needs to be that big, dog. I just think it looks cool. But at the same time, once you know what you're getting into, you got to understand that it's not the best thing you should do when it comes to certain things. But sometimes in life, you become what you hate. I believe it's a quote from Batman who says, is either you die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. So you'll see that come out. I'm not going to say who becomes a villain, but y'all can go watch the film for sure. If you have Disney Plus, I think it might be on Netflix as well. And it's also interesting to see the portrayal of men and women who are successful and how they are so driven that it actually fails at their relationships with other people, whether it be with their children, whether it be with their lover, whether it be with uh, just interpersonal friendships. So it's so interesting to see how the dynamics in this movie goes and if you're willing to sacrifice that for true love or friendship. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode because I enjoyed making it for you. This has been your boy, Darius D., you have any questions comments assertions all these sort of things man make sure you hit me up underscore ddus kid on ig and with that said i'm signing off once again so just chill just chill till the next episode why because your boy dd is definitely out of here